Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room Podcast. As many of you will have seen and heard, the Payment of Wages, Tips and Gratuities Act 2022 became law on the 20th of July 2022. The Act introduces new rules about how employers share tips, gratuities and service charges amongst employees and also makes it illegal for employers to use tips or gratuities to make up basic wages. But that's just the basics. So today we're going to take a closer look at this Act and what it means for employers with Siobhan Lafferty, Senior Associate at Ready Charlton Solicitors. Thanks for joining us, Siobhan. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? Brilliant. All good. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, Founder and Managing Director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary? I'm great. Thanks, Sean. And I love to talk about money. <laughs> stuff. So, let, so let's get started. So I suppose you want to come to yourself first. Can you set a bit of context for us? What does this new act do? Yeah, so I, I suppose in terms of what the act does, as you mentioned, the hints in the name is about the payment of wages. And this will actually amend the Payment of Wages Act. It does have some provisions which make minor amendments to other pieces of legislation as well. But for the most part, this is about the Payment of Wages Act. So as you alluded to there um, in the introduction, what it firstly does, and is probably the most important piece about it, is that it stops employers from being able to use an employee's tips to make up a person's overall wage. Um, and it stops them from re- deducting from an employee's wage as well in respect of tips and gratuities. So a big thing moving forward that it stops any employers from using that as a way to make up the overall pay that someone gets. And I think people kind of think of that as almost more of an American thing, but it has been happening here as well. The other kind of change that this brings about is that employers will have to actually display their policy on tips and service charges and that relates to both cash and payments by card or by electronic means as well that has to be displayed within the business and what that covers within that policy there is whether tips are distributed to employees or not how they're distributed and whether mandatory charges are distributed among employees as well And this idea of mandatory charges, I suppose, is the next big thing. So the Act looks at defining both mandatory charges and service charges. So for the employment law geeks amongst you that have read this from the initial version of the draft bill all the way through to the Act, this issue of the service charge wasn't actually part of the initial draft. That wasn't covered. But as they went through the process, it actually kind of uncovered this idea where you see that on a bill of a service charge and people would think that actually that's a tip that's going to employees but part of the time it's not like you don't actually know it was essentially in some places it would well a lot of the time it would appear that it doesn't actually go to staff but people think they're giving a tip when that service charge is there in certain instances so what this does is say that If you have a service charge now, that will have to be distributed fairly in the same way that tips are. And a mandatory charge is defined separately as basically a charge that the business has to cover. But service charges now have to be covered. 
treated basically in the same way as your tips and gratuities would be. Generally speaking, this act only relates to electronic payments, to card payments. So other than having that mention of how you distribute cash tips in your policy, that's the only way that cash is in any way covered. For the most part, it's all card. And that was another kind of bone of contention when it was going through the legislative process because people were saying, you know, people still give cash tips. Certain people prefer to give cash tips. They feel like they know where they're going more. And that is lost. You can't do anything about that then if you don't get those cash tips. Uh, So there was a lot of discussion about that in the debate, but it was kind of from the WRC's perspective, they were saying, look, this would be impossible to try to enforce because the whole point is the cash tips. There's kind of no evidence to because it is amongst just kind of the employees. Whether there might have been another way of having to look at it, don't know. But in the end, they decided that this was only to cover uh, the kind of card element of things. So that's how things stand at this stage. The other thing is where an employer does give out card tips, Within 10 days, you're going to have to provide a statement to your employee saying how many tips were distributed overall and what tips that they've received as well. So that's supposed to be, I suppose, the kind of evidence tool for a person there in terms of seeing what they're getting. So you've got 10 days as an employer to give that information to an employee. And what you do have as well is provision for employers to take a portion of that tips when they're also carrying out the work. So I suppose the kind of better example is you're maybe it's maybe a local family-run restaurant where the owner is also kind of serving as well, and they maybe say, "Well, we are also taking our percentage of the tips because we are doing the work as much as everyone else." So an employer can take a portion of tips, but again, that'll need to be kind of flagged uh, that that's being distributed. There is provision for this legislation to be reviewed in twelve months. So I suppose if the cash issue is still a major point that people are raising that it may be within at that stage still consider whether there's another way for WRC to try and look at it and I suppose that was kind of how it was dealt with at debate stage that look this isn't set in stone forever we can review if necessary and just a kind of small last point as I mentioned there's other legislation that's amended by this and that's you know you have your core terms that you have to provide to an employee within the first five days and now if you're an employer who's giving tips and gratuities, then you're going to have to explain what your policy is as well on that as part of the other information that you need to give. That's the kind of overview of what this will do. Brilliant. So I suppose from a kind of a why this is brought about perspective and I suppose previous legal position versus kind of new legal position with this amendment, Joanne, I suppose it's kind of about really kind of filling the gaps, more transparency, that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And that is, uh, I suppose, one of the most surprising things that I think people wouldn't realise is that there was really nothing that an employee could do about this whatsoever. From a, a, an employment law perspective, you know, there was suggestion that you could have gone to the guards if you weren't getting paid because technically it's theft. I mean, realistically, who, who's going to be doing that? Or it's very, very few people. So in the round, there was no employment law way of dealing with this issue. And if you actually look at progress of this whole issue is it's been it's taken a good few years to get to this stage so I think I'll remember a few years ago there were some really high profile restaurants that you know it was being highlighted that those restaurants weren't giving tips to their staff and these weren't restaurants that were you know trying to make get by kind of thing this was very much they were they had enough (laughs) to, to share the tips and they very much 
wasn't. So that was the kind of starting point, along with the trade unions. There was a strong kind of reaction from the trade unions as well to try and do something about this. There was kind of astounding research, I guess, by Dr. Deirdre Current, who had looked at this issue and she did, as I say, research and interviews with staff in the area. And it came out that approximately up to 50% of staff felt they were actually getting their tips. So it was, you know, quite a sizable portion of the, the workforce wasn't getting the tips. So in 2017, there was a private members bill brought about in this field. It did mention cash, which was part of the issue and didn't get passed in the end. But then it kind of got picked back up by Regina Doherty when she was minister. Got to a certain stage with her as well. And then it was a general election call. So it's just been kind of, everything's kind of delayed and delayed. And eventually last year, they kind of reintroduced it. It had gotten to a certain stage with them, the minister that it didn't need to go back to the very beginning. And then they started kind of from that stage to, post, to go through the, the legislative amendment process. So it, it has taken a bit of a while. It is really because there was just no kind of protection there um, previously. And that point about transparency is one of the important things. It's supposed to be transparency for employees, but transparency for customers as well. And as I mentioned, you know, that whole idea of a service charge, you're like, oh, well, you know, I've paid the service charge, so they must be getting something from this. And it turns out, getting absolutely nothing out of that or you know you pay the service charge so you're like well I paid that so I'm not paid a tip you know it's all these things at least now there should be some clarity around that and the other part of this that you can kind of see when you're reading through the dull debates and discussions and the newspaper articles is that the, there is a hope that this will encourage people back into the hospitality sector after so many people kind of had to leave during COVID because there was just no work you, you, I think everybody's seeing kind of the signs looking for staff and restaurants and bars. So there is a hope that this will encourage people back into that sector, that it'll make people think that it's a more viable longer term career as well, if you actually have those tips there. And uh, an interesting point that was made is that there are like proportionately more females and migrants in the sector. And actually, this could have an impact on the likes of gender pay gap as well, if women can actually get these tips. So it's got a, a kind of, a, there are broader points as well that this touches on and touched on broader sectors as well. So we all kind of think of hospitality, but in tourism as well, but things like hairdressers, your taxi drivers, and also contract workers. So someone who's maybe on, for example, a food app where you can add a tip. We've all maybe seen that, but now that should be going to them. There should be a policy around that as well. So it, it does have a, a slightly broader remit I suppose than than just the hospitality sector. Absolutely and I suppose the, a, a similar question to yourself may around that much Vaughan has alluded to there as we've said there this legislation will probably mainly affect industries like hospitality service industry tourism that kind of thing and I suppose considering that these industries have been kind of stretched in the past couple of years with COVID with everything else it's good to see a kind of a positive development at the very least Mary isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. From a worker perspective, you can see that, you know, this is a positive development and and in effect, ensuring that they get what the customer actually usually thinks they should be getting. You know, certainly when I go into a restaurant or a hairdresser's or in a taxi, you know, if if I leave a tip, I'm usually leaving it for an individual or for the chef or the service or whatever, you know. So, 
that transparency piece is important. But I guess, you know, we're in a time of kind of rising costs all around, increasing inflation, you know, rising energy costs and, uh, you know, employers in every sector are feeling the pinch um, and there is a push upwards on wages in every sector. So I presume for some people in the service and hospitality sectors, this is going to be problematic for them as well because they might have been using those service charges to supplement their own business in a, in a way if they weren't sharing them with the staff. And, uh, you know, these there are always realities too for businesses when wages increase, salaries increase. And we're seeing that everywhere. There's a huge movement. I see it in every day of the week on LinkedIn. And these days you see HR people moving and they're moving for more money, more flexibility, better roles, better work-life balance. And you see that drive everywhere, isn't it? Almost like that golden era for employees. Things are improving all the time. More and more protections are being put in place. But the employer is always there in the background as well, thinking, you know, how am I going to fund increased sick leave? How am I going to fund increased pay? And, you know, in some ways it's a roundabout, isn't it? Everything is going up everywhere. Costs are rising all over the place. So it's an interesting time. Yeah, I would say on the service charge point, I, I think, and it's just the way it's being defined, there will be a way around that for employers in the sense <laughs> that it was perhaps suggested by a certain bodies kind of immediately that it'll just have another name. But if you call it a service charge, it will need to be distributed between employees. But if you maybe say business charge, for example, that would be something that wouldn't need to be distributed in that way. So uh, it is definitely true if you have been using those charges in that particular way, it's maybe going to require a little bit of the outside the box thinking, um, but they'll probably still be able to have that kind of charge. It just won't, it'll just need to be kind of clear that that is the one that's going to employees. Brilliant. And I suppose another big factor for employers, Ron, is the whole area of non-compliance. So what is the I suppose, punishment or, or the, the situation with non-compliance with this new act? Yes, I suppose there's the two perspectives. There's the what can an employee do and the kind of more general non-compliance. So from the perspective of an, of an employee, an employee can go to the WRC and basically ask for them to review whether it has been, whether their tips have been distributed fairly. Um, and the act actually outlines certain things that an adjudication officer can look at which I think the idea of that is so that it can be kind of fader for an employer in terms of, you know, looking at the overall picture. So things like what is the employee's seniority, um, the value of the sales or the income generated, portion of hours worked, whether they're full-time, part-time. <laughs> this is quite a funny one. The influencer role that they have with customers, which <laughs> I see that varies quite greatly <laughs> from person to person. Um, I was once uh, a very bad barmaid, so I'm talking more about myself <laughs> when, when I was that kind of role. I see my influence was nil and whether they were consulted in terms of how this uh, would be distributed and whether they have any kind of agreement in place. So the adjudication officer can look at the kind of overall picture there. It's not a case of 
the WRC awarding a person, you know, four weeks pay or anything like that. It's just going to be based on the actual tips themselves. In terms of the, the other side, the kind of more general non-compliance, an employer who contravenes the Act would be subject to criminal sanctions. So you find that in the odd piece of employment legislation, this is one of them. So an employer could be guilty of an offence and liable to conviction of up to a Class C fine, which is up to €2,500. So if you didn't, say, give someone the statement of their tips within the 10-day period that you're supposed to, or you didn't share the service charges or tips, then those are the times when you could potentially be liable to that Class C fine. And there are also WRC inspections can take place in this area as well. Perfect. We've we've been involved in a few WRC inspections for our hospitality clients and there's nothing like one to breed absolute fear uh, (laughs) into the heart of the owners, usually because there's challenges around time and attendance and working hours and record keeping around things like annual leave and public holidays um, and pay is always an issue um, particularly when it comes to Sunday and and, um, increased premiums and things like that. You know I I think it, it is one of those challenges for the sector from a compliance perspective and usually when you've got a WRC inspector there they're going to work with you to an extent you know they're going to highlight what you're doing incorrectly particularly in circumstances where the employer really doesn't know or or, or claims to really not know and is being forthright and frank about what they haven't done but you know it, it's it's always a, a scary time I, I've yet to meet um, someone who feels that they're fully prepared for WRC inspection and that it's going to be a doddle because they're doing everything right mm-hmm. but this I guess may increase the number of inspections in the sector as the state tried to enforce this. Yeah, and it it is funny when you kind of look at any of the legislation that allows for these WRC inspections, it really is aimed at an office system where everything is very uniform, that everyone's kind of working the same time, everybody's got the same kind of uh, hours and breaks annually, and it's all very uniform. I, I think that's good element of hearing that WRC inspectors are willing to work with you is because when you go into outside of that it kind of sector where everything is very uniform and even on your, your HR system where everything's kind of calculated for you, it can be really difficult. And there's so much employment law legislation about just even just the record keeping and this kind of payment of wages stuff. And it, you know, it can be really overwhelming for particularly for smaller businesses who are just trying to kind of earn their living and then there's all of that on top of it. I mean, there's a lot of compliance required. 100%. 100%. I think, Mary, going back to what you said earlier, so we spoke about things like cost, compliance, that kind of stuff. But I suppose in the current climate we're in, Mary, and you mentioned the kind of golden era for employees, I think when with the amount of movement going on, great resignation, people moving around, competition in these sectors that we're even talking about now, there probably is an element there of the negative effects that it can have on a business if you don't implement these policies or have that culture of transparency. Even I know, obviously, there's the legal part, but there's a good practice bit as well there, Mary, isn't there? Yeah, I find that uh, employees are fairly well educated um, and there's information at the fingertips, really, uh, for most people and through, you know, 
public bodies like the WRC helpline and citizens information centers. You know, there's a lot of information out there. So from an employee perspective, they know their rights by and large. Um, It's rare that you find employees who don't understand what they're entitled to when it comes to statutory leave, when it comes to pay and benefits, when it comes to, you know, whether there's regulations specific to an industry or, or just general employment law. Most employees are aware of those things. And I find it's often the employers that aren't. And that's quite a peculiar thing for us as as consultants when we become aware that actually the employee is better informed than the manager or the employer in these circumstances and mistakes are made and a lot of stress can be caused for you know those in HR in the hospitality and and tourism sectors as well as you know the owners if if they're not doing things right and somebody then complains them anonymously to the WRC causing an inspection um causing you know resources again to be spent around that whole area so it's quite a difficult area generally and we're seeing organizations everywhere hiring for skill now which means that they're taking unskilled people and training them or bringing them in on modern apprenticeships or through trainee programs that they're putting in place and so they're now competing I guess with that sector for talent and uh, employees have choice um, and they will be going to where they can get the best pay and benefits out there. So, you know, movements like this should help the sector, although it's, it's always hard to know how welcome it is or not until you're on the ground talking to particular managers or owners or, or businesses around the, these things. I don't know if you have a sense of that from your clients, how welcome is this kind of a change? I think there's probably two elements to it, and I think this is probably true across the sector and I suppose that's the thing the there are lots of good people in hospitality and plenty of people who already distribute these tips fairly and if that's the case there actually isn't going to be that much difference really like okay you're going to have to put a policy maybe up in your window or maybe in your menu or something like that but you know that's that kind of one-off cost to do it once and you'll probably not think about it very much again until you know someone actually brings up the issue of how tips are distributed so i think in that sense i've not seen a massive kind of issue with it at this stage it's maybe once it comes in you know if people are being inspected more because of it but whether the wrc has the resource to really do that as well which you know that was one of the points that kind of came with this because it was sort of saying, oh, you know, we, we don't need to deal with the cash issue and, and certain issues because WRC will be out there inspecting. But the reality of that, you know, there is not a massive influx. Of, I know they have got more people in the WRC, but probably not to the extent if they actually wanted some kind of major kind of difference in inspections. Obviously, the threat's always there, which is, I suppose, what you hope or what government hopes is going to be the, the kind of stick to get people to do these things. So I haven't seen a, a massive 
kind of push back to at this stage but it might be further down the line and also sometimes you don't realize there's an issue with it until something like this comes up particularly when it's a situation of cash tends to be dealt with just amongst employees so you know you and that or that's certainly the view they've taken with this but if there's now uh, a particular policy in place with the way the card tips are distributed but that actually doesn't you know certain employees are unhappy about that is it going to be this stage where you're consulting with employees that actually creates an issue you know I, I think it remains to be seen if I think in a lot of places it's probably not going to make a massive difference it's maybe the in inverted commas bad employers or, or the ones who maybe want to who will take the chance where they can to cut the corners like that which as I say is I'm sure very very few but those are maybe the only ones that uh, might have an issue moving forward. It'll be interesting, I think, to see uh, Siobhan and Owen as well when it comes to, you know, an employer determining who has influence over the customer. Because, you know, in in reality, if you look at a a restaurant, for example, and you have a chef and a team of people in the kitchen, including porters, washing dishes and and all of that, um, the customer doesn't see those people. The customer generally sees the server and engages with the server. And it's usually on the basis of the server, you decide whether you're going to give a big tip or a small tip or no tip at all. Exactly, yeah. And so it'll be interesting then to see whether, you know, cases arise around, you know, I didn't get that tip because of my gender or my sexuality or, um, you know, they weren't equally shared with me because my nationality and and the server happens to be a white middle-aged woman uh, versus someone in in washing dishes in the back who who isn't getting a fair allocation of those tips. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, will employers actually attempt to differentiate and divide them using some kind of formula or ratios or, or I don't know how you would do that fairly yeah it's definitely going to be interesting especially as you kind of almost in maybe a hotel as well as you say if you've got your your porter and you've got someone at reception who also is providing you a particular service but people don't view it as that but if there's just tips given you know how is that going to be distributed among and it through the kind of doll debates there were there Lots of stories. There seems to be a lot of people who've worked in hospitality who are in the doll of the Shannon for one reason or another. And they were kind of saying that in instances where they had tried to distribute things evenly kind of amongst absolutely everyone, it just didn't seem to really work. I think the the way with chefs it seems to be dealt with in certain places is that chefs just have a general higher salary to try and kind of cover for the fact that they won't get the kind of front of house tip. Um, but as you see, that doesn't really help with the, you know someone who's doing dishes or, or the various other kind of parts of the overall service. Because you're right, you tend to be whether you know if you don't get your food on time, it sort of gets taken out on the server as well. You know, if if mm-hmm. even if it's because the chef is actually backed up, the person who doesn't get the tip tends to be the person that's serving you, or less of a tip or what have you. So it, it's interesting to see how. I think that's where the consultation part with employees, because you are supposed to consult for this policy, will be quite important. 
doesn't need to be agreed with every employee individually. And I suppose that's the important point. So, you know, there may be some employees knows that joint, but you're going to have to take a view on the overall. And it might be trying to kind of maintain the status quo if you can. Mm. 100%. I think that constellation base is a perfect segue onto, I suppose, the, the big question we always ask on the, the podcast, Siobhan, I'll come to both of you, but I'll come to yourself, Siobhan, first. Now that this new act is, is in and coming in, is there any advice you'd give to employers to prepare and to really kind of acknowledge that this is the new setup and situation? Well, yeah, I think that consultation piece is going to be key, particularly if you're thinking of changing the policy or, you know, if you as the employer don't really know how it's distributed, you're going to have to have discussions with it, with your employees on how to do this. Obviously, there's the kind of technical point that you're going to have to have a policy displayed as well. Good news on that front is that WRC is going to be providing template policies. So hopefully that should kind of limit any kind of confusion. I don't think those are going to have to be particularly, you know, complex or anything. At the end of the day, the idea is supposed to be transparency, transparency, sorry, as much for customers. So, you know, no one wants it to be like some kind of mad maths formula when they're having their dinner to try and work out what percentage is going to go to who. So, you know, I, I think that's good news. It just needs to be something that's put in place for people. But I think this is going to be as much about employee relations as anything else. And if you can do that well, then actually this does have the potential to help. But if you kind of handle that in a way that isn't great, it could lend itself to creating more problems down the road. So I suppose the, the getting the consultation, kind of speaking with employees and trying to get that balance that doesn't, you know, really skew to certain people over others. One point that is quite interesting, obviously, is you get a statement that says, you know, you got X out of overall Y uh, that was distributed amongst everyone. But what you won't know from that information, and you can't from a kind of GDPR perspective, is what everybody else gets. There is still going to be an element of opaqueness that, you know, Obviously, if you get a good amount, you, you won't really mind. But if yours is quite small and the percentages don't quite add up, that's when people, I think, are going to start to get annoyed. Because I think sometimes when people see things in black and white on a payslip, it becomes more tangible to them as an issue than it does when it's, you know, just cash that you're kind of sharing amongst yourselves. Absolutely. I think the same question to yourself, Mary. Any kind of additional advice around how to tackle it and make sure it gets implemented properly and effectively? Yeah, employees talk. So (laughs) whatever you're doing, um, employees, irrespective of whether you say, you know, your salary increases are to be kept confidential or your wage increases are to be kept confidential and are to be discussed with other people. These things have a way of getting out there into the uh, public domain and into uh, employee to employee. They share information because they become friends. And um, whatever you're doing, it's got to be fair and equal and transparent, um, and as Siobhan says, because otherwise you will create an employee relations issue 
in your organization, maybe where you didn't have one before. And the other thing is, um, you know, being on the ground and, and working with clients at a practical level, helping them through WRC inspections. Um, you know, there's always the risk that the WRC are, are going to drop by. Um, unannounced, particularly in the hospitality sector, um, to check on certain things. So, you know, they, it is a sector that tends to get more visits than others, um, simply because of the large number of, you know, foreign nationals that may work there and they might want to check that people have uh, appropriate visas, etc., to write an entitlement to work in the country and all the, the various pay and benefits and, and statutory leave requirements. If the employees are disgruntled, it's very, very simple for them to pick up the phone and um, report the company or the organisation and cause an inspection. Um, and so... I always say to our clients, you know, really think through these things very carefully, because if you're not in compliance with the range of legislation that's out there, you are running the risk whenever something changes like this in the sector or that affects the sector of having a WRC inspection and, and just all the headache and all the hassle um, that goes with that. The inspectors are lovely. You know, I have no difficulty with the WRC or any of the inspectors that come out. They're lovely, but they're there to do a job, which is to enforce compliance. And if you're not compliant, they will find it uh, and they will tell you to change and they'll tell you to change very quickly. And, you know, typically you'll only have a month or so to put your house in order post-inspection if there are areas of non-compliance. So I would always just say to to anyone out there who, who this may affect that, you know, really think carefully about what you're doing. If you don't do it, there can be problems for you. If you do it unfairly, you may have problems. So the best thing is to comply and do as, um, you know, set it out as fairly as you possibly can. And people like us can help you do that, as can uh, Siobhan in, in terms of advising around how you might sort out these kind of issues. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So lots to think about and, and I suppose lots of intricacies there, but some positive progress, as we said, anyway. So it's a great, great discussion. And I know somebody that worked in the service industry previously, like yourself, Siobhan, I'm sure you did, Mary, as well, many of our listeners. I did. A very interesting discussion as well. So yeah, I no, appreciate the time and thank you, Mary and Siobhan, for, for that discussion. I think thankfully for um, our listeners that I decided to leave hospitality, the old <laughs> shaky hands didn't work very well. <laughs> I was not a great server. Same here. Yeah. I did try. I, know the I really feeling. did try. That's it. But it brought us to where we are. So all good. Couldn't have been too bad. So uh, thank you everyone for listening as well. And we'll catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast. Thanks again to our speakers. Don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels and make sure to check the show notes for useful resources related to today's topic. And as Mary said, as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust and advice on things like policies, employment law, and everything else, get in touch with us today at insighthr.ie. Thank you, Siobhan, and thank you, Mary. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Siobhan. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. 
For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.